0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. In the Super Bowls here, Bengals going up against the Rams. A lot of Super Bowl prop bets to wager on. And Ike, if you want to place a bet on the big game action, betonline.ag is the place to do it.
0: You guarantee I'm betting online that AG that the Bengals will win the Super Bowl and I'm gonna win me some money.
1: We got a lot of prop bets to discuss, and we're gonna have some of that here on today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast. But before you tune in and listen. Head to the new and updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our p- promo code believe that's B L E A V to get started. Got football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, a lot of different sports to wager on. Again, betonline.ag, betonline where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen. Joined as always by my guy, two time Super Bowl champion and 12 year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, number 24, Ike Taylor. IT, it's Fresh Cut Friday. As you can see through your screen right now, I'm all lined up and ready to go. Hey,
0: you looking fresh. We, we call it Dougie. You looking real Dougie right now, man. You looking good, Mark.
1: We've got an absolutely loaded show. Super Bowl prop bets, Ike's top five rookie QBs that the Steelers could consider in April's draft. A lot of vacancies in the Steelers with quarterback position, general manager, defense coordinator, offensive line coach. But we begin on a serious note. Brian Flores filing a discrimination lawsuit against the NFL and Ike. A lot to unpack with this lawsuit. A 58-page lawsuit filed at the very start of this month on Black History Month as well. Uh, I'm going to put my reporter hat as we go through this report, 58 pages, but I wanted to get your first impressions from your takeaways from reading through the lawsuit.
0: Man, this is tough, but it's been the same old thing. You know, this has been going on for years. I think Brian Flores, uh, he didn't want to do it, but to tip his head off when he saw the Coach Belichick text, he was like, you know what, it was in my head, but this is definitely a go. Then he had the facts to come with it. If you look in the article on, you know, getting paid 100000 if you lose and and, and with the top draft pick. So it was like, damn, i giving everything I didn't work for. You know, and what I mean when I didn't work for, like I worked my butt off to try to be in this position. There's only 32 teams in the NFL, and I'm, I, I was one of 32 in the world. So to, to to try to renege on me, to try to downplay me, to everything I didn't work for in my life to get in this position, you want me to lose ball games and give me a hundred thousand for each loss? Why? There goes my resume. So everything I didn't from the ground up, from the day I didn't walk in, for me, you know, letting go, uh, a Minka Fitzpatrick, for me, getting these draft picks, for me, uh, taking criticism on everybody saying I was crazy on doing this to actually building the team. Then the quarterback you give me, man, I, don't, I didn't really at the time want the quarterback. I want another quarterback who possibly could have get me into the situation being the playoffs. Now, not only the playoffs, if you just look what Joe Burrow doing, I potentially could have got to the Super Bowl because you see what I have done with my roster with an okay kind of quarterback. And this is no disrespect to Tua. But he like, you know what, man, let me take this even further, man. Let me just go and see how many black coaches in the NFL? There's only one right now, head coach, and that's Coach Mike Tomlin for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you know what? Let me talk to a few other people, man. I guess what, Coach Hugh Jackson, how you how you felt over there in Cincinnati? Well, you know what? They try to do the same thing to me. So it's like, dang, so we don't have any, we barely have any GMs, we barely have any assistant coaches, and when you look at the NFL and it's damn there, 70% <clears throat> of blacks, black players, it's like, dang, so we can't coach our kind of players, like, when is the playing level going to be even? And just because, you know, my, my, just because my son's dad, you know, ain't a buddy of yours don't mean I'm not qualified because obviously y'all, y'all as in owners and owners as in being white, y'all ain't worrying about the qualification. It's a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend, you know, so it's like, dang, I'm qualified, you know, then, then he get into the Excuse me, the Tony Dungy situation. He gets he gets fired after the winning season. Then get to the Jim Caldwell situation with Detroit. Yeah. He gets fired in during the winning seasons. Like, damn, this is no disrespect to Coach Kozak with Cincinnati. Like before Justin Burrow, I was six and twenty five. Mm-hmm. Now I get Joey. Now I get now I get you know Jack pa Joey, and he revamped me. Why well, about how about a black coach getting fired? You know when he does have a winning record. You know, and Hugh coming out now, and I think that's gonna come out. How about yeah. Duke Staley? We've been talking about Duke Staley for the longest. Like Duke Staley has been under Andy Reid when he was in Philly. Now he was an assistant head coach in Detroit, and he still can't get a head coaching job. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, Brian Leftwich. You know, shout out to Brian Leftwich. He's wind, he wound up getting opportunity, but it's like, dang, how many obstacles and hurdles we got to go through? Yeah, you know, yeah. How many times? How how many times have you uh told told a coach before? Um, that's not black. I think we need to lose a lot of these games so we can get a top draft pick. No, the whole thing for the whole thing for the NFL is for me not to get a top draft pick because that means our team is doing well. Yeah. So <clears throat> I guess I guess he's seen. I guess I guess man, he just had enough. I guess he heard enough. I guess he seen enough. I guess him as a head coach, never been in that position, was like, hold on, man, this is <laughs> this is crazy. Like I didn't even know he worked at this level. I ain't even know it'll work at this level. So then he look at coaches getting recycled in the NFL. Like, dang, we just recycling the same coaches over and over and over and over. How about giving one of us, us black coaches a chance? Because I'm sure we got just as good relationships as the white coaches. G- g- give us a shot. Let us go six and twenty five, and let us catch us with Joe Burrow and see what happened. So I can understand this. I can understand his his uh, frustration, but. Here we go again. When you talk about the Miami Dolphins, that's just what they do. They always find a way to F it up. <laughs> and that's just what it is. That's why I'm so fortunate I played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know. That's why I'm so, you know, it's 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 the Green Bay Packers and San Francisco 49ers. It's a lot of good organizations out there. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm fortunate enough. But to see Brian Flores to do this, he was all the way in, and he think he got enough to back himself up when it comes down to going to court.
1: just to clarify for our listeners and viewers, Flores' lawsuit is considered a class action lawsuit. Now, here's what that means. It leaves room for others to join the litigation. And so Hugh Jackson's commentary indicated that he could potentially do that. I want to go back to something you said in terms of the chance, because we talked about this about a year, year and a half ago when the league was considering expanding the Rooney rule to award teams draft picks if they went ahead and hired a minority candidate obviously those rules did not go through but at the time we talked about right. it, it's not necessarily the equality of outcome but the equality of opportunity so let's right. unpack what happened with Flores and I'll start with the the first interview that he had with the New York Giants Um, You know, the first question I had was, if Bill Belichick knew in advance, how did he know? Well, to give our listeners and viewers uh, a little bit of history, Bill Belichick coached for the Giants from 1979 to 1990, or Uh through the 1990 season. So he spent a decade with that organization, is still probably very well connected, very well connected throughout the league, considering, okay, he hasn't just been the Patriots coach, he also coached with the Cleveland Browns. So clearly, you know, there is how Belichick might know that information with the text message where he thought he was texting Brian Dable and he was actually texting Brian Flores. Then you go to the interview with the Broncos, which he didn't end up getting that job. He ended up getting the dolphins job, but to, I I think the Rooney rule is well intentioned to be able to require teams to interview black candidates, but they're not taking the interview process seriously. And Again, these are all allegations and accusations, so you try to take them for what you will because there's two sides to every story. But if you're not taking that process seriously, that goes against the spirit of what the Rooney Rule was intended to do. And so those – so then – and then thirdly, I mean you talk about potentially meeting with Tom Brady before he was officially a free agency on a yacht and the owner saying I'm going to give you $100,000 for losing games. If that proves to be true, that shows what the culture is with the Miami Dolphins organization, an organization that hasn't won a playoff game, might I add, since December 30th, 2000, Ike. We're talking about more than two decades. So, I mean, Ike, you and I live in Florida, right? It's like the sunshine. It's a no-income tax state. When there's smoke, there's fire, right? And so when I hear these allegations, and Brian Flores has been – involved as a coach in this league since like the mid2000s when I hear that the NFL comes back with the statement and says oh his allegations have are without merit it's somewhere in the middle right and this is where I put my reporter hat on because lawsuits are written to look very very bad you know against the the people that you're making accusations against but right. to say that Flores's allegations with are, are without merit for as long he's been, a coach in this league is an absolute joke. It's an absolute joke, Ike. And so I I know, so uh, to clarify that too, a league source reached out to ESPN and said that the comment only pertained to the accusation of discrimination in hiring practices. But I think there's more than that in this lawsuit than just racial potential racial discrimination, Ike. You're talking about if he was paid $100,000 to lose games intentionally, and Hugh Jackson is accusing former Browns front office of doing the same thing, you're going against the spirit of the game. And regardless of how this shakes out, Ike, two things from a PR standpoint, the NFL has a disaster on its hands as the legal process plays out through this. And then number two, losing my train of thought here, then number two, it would be like, we'll see how all of this plays out. Ike. But that's kind of just my thought process. But not to conduct interviews in good faith, like and to say that Flores' claims without are without merit. I, I don't, I don't buy that. It's got to be somewhere in the middle. It's got to be somewhere in the middle.
0: No, Flores feels some kind of way about it. So the fact that he understood what he's jeopardizing, or impossible, the potential prospect never coaching in the NFL anymore. Like he that- feels really about his situation. The fact that, let, that,
1: let me hop in, Ike. That was my second point, and you, you helped correct. me remi- remind me. There are still four other teams with head coaching vacancies at the time of this recording right now. So correct. he could he could still potentially be those coaches, but with this lawsuit that's now filed, is a, a team that's trying to rebuild its franchise really going to want to bring correct. Flores in now, now that he's filed this lawsuit? I'm sorry, you helped me remember the point I was trying to make.
0: Yeah, but he, he, I mean, it's going to be tough, too. You know what I'm saying? Because it's it's me versus all 32, regardless on how you want to look at it. So it's a billionaires boys club. And I think we talked about this. The Billionaires Boys Club, they fight each other during the season. They want to get they want their team to get a Super Bowl or make money to hit the playoffs. But during the offseason, Mark, they stick together. So the fact that he understood like, he understands that part, I guess him and his lawyer, like, okay, we got a case. We got a real firm case. And I guess his lawyer said. Man, are you 100% in this? Are you 10 toes deep? Because if you're 10 toes deep, it's a strong possibility you would never coach in the NFL anymore. And I guess Brian Flores is like, you know what, this for the future. This ain't for me. So let's go. I understand. So it's just it's just sad to see this been going on for years, though. Um, we haven't been given – we as blacks um, haven't been given the opportunity as whites to do something in the league when it comes down to the front office, assistant coach and the head coach, as, uh, as 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 white coaches. That's just what it is. But when you just look at the owners, the owners see them. You know, the owners look at who looks like me, not who's 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 capable of doing the job. You know, and that's that's just the crazy thing about it. So we'll see. But the fact that Brian Flores went all in with it, <laughs> he must have got a strong case because. You know, they're they going to look, they're going to try to dig up something. That's thats just what the NFL, that's what these 32 billionaires do. So um, I took my hat to him for understanding and jeopardizing what he probably worked for his whole life to get in that position, to be a head coach, because it's hard being a head coach. He had one of 32 jobs in the world when it came for the NFL. But he he, he strongly believes this is unfair, and he's trying to, not even he's trying to even the playing field out by giving some kind of awareness and making it
1: public. Again, I go back to the equality of opportunity and not the equality of outcome. Uh, the Dolphins owner Stephen Ross right. late Wednesday night has called the allegations false, malicious, and defamatory, promising to prefer, to defend his personal integrity too. So we'll see how all of this plays out. But right. if you're meaning to tell me that a team was paying a head coach to tank and then holding that against them. I mean, Flores led the dolphins to their first back-to-back winning season since 2003 dolphins team in the 2021 season started out one and seven. They won eight of their last nine games finished with a nine and eight record. But if this is true, man, like I'm telling you this from, from a standpoint of if the dolphins had a head coaching vacancy, I wouldn't right. want to go coach there through through all of this because when there's smoke, there's fire. And if one party's saying one thing and the other party is saying the complete opposite, one of them isn't telling the truth. And and that's the case here, Ike. So what I'm curious to see about this case moving forward and before we move on would be because this is a class action lawsuit, will other people back flores and add to the claims he has filed in this suit? an amount uh, in terms of what he could potentially be awarded would be determined at a trial to compensate Flores, anyone else who could join his long suit for non-monetary and compensatory damages, including but not limited to loss of reputation, loss of opportunity, and mental anguish as well. I I don't think that this will go to trial, just knowing how long the legal process plays out, but the longer this stays in the discussion of media members I think at some point you reach a lawsuit in whether Flores claims have merit or not, just the fact that we're having a discussion about it, eventually the league's going to want this problem to go away. This yeah. is a major, major, major story. And all honesty too, I can't believe Roger Goodell hasn't said anything yet. I know the league is probably investigating on its end, but the initial statement to say that Flores' claims are without merit, I understand the NFL is trying to protect its its interests as well. But, sure. again, I go back to you can't have one person say one thing and then the other person say the exact opposite. One of them isn't the truth. I really think it's somewhere in the middle.
0: So, you know, when you talk about Roger Goodell, like, <laughs> it's going to be tough because I'm getting paid by the owners. Yeah. So, Great side, you know what I'm saying? Who Whose side you going to pick? Really, I'm not going to say nothing at all. I'm going to keep it as vanilla as possible if I'm Roger Goodell. And, I, and, I, and I'm just trying to speak. On what I possibly think he's gonna do, I don't think he's gonna step into this kind of water, you know, because they're talking to him about it now. They probably talk to him about it, the rules and the laws and the Rooney rule on how can they change this right now for real? Because since Papa died, Papa Dan Rooney, since he died, man, they ain't been the same, you know. It's it's and and, and Mr. Rooney has he was very advocate on you know letting uh, minorities get a fair chance. You know, he 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 made that rule up. He made that rule up because you know, on the, on the train rides, you know, the players helped them in school. They helped them with math. They helped them with English. And at the time when it was winning Super Bowls, the players was black. And this is just some of the stories Mr. Rooney used to say. So he understands. He gets it. Like that's how they made their money, the Rooney family, by by football. So he understands the minority part clearly. A lot of owners don't make their money off of football. That's the secondary thing. That's a secondary hobby, you know? So when your family was just all in in football and you come up with this running rule because you solely understand, man, what it is and you've been around minorities, like, I get y'all. And what I, and what I mean by that, I get how y'all think. I get how possibly I, I get how I was taught. I get when mom and dad came to home and told me and now I see it because for me, it all starts at home. You know, we, we we were never born racist. That's just what it is. That got to be installed and built building somebody. So I'm not saying uh, the Miami owners is racist. I'm just saying the, un, the unfairness in the NFL towards blacks on having the opportunity to be GMs and assist in the head coaches. So the tires got to turn. That's, that's just what it is. So like I say, man, Brian Flores, <laughs> for him to come out and be all in with it, he must have got some kind of case for it.
1: If I could ask him any question, I'd probably ask him about the timing of filing the lawsuit, Ike, right. because he's probably not happy that he got fired from his head coaching duties as the Miami dolphins. And then also thinking that he's right there as a finalist candidate for the New York giants. I certainly understand his frustrations. No. Same time. It doesn't take away from what Brian Dable going to do because what he did into the development of Josh Allen You know, a a big, mobile, strong quarterback who, before Dable really worked with him, he had one of the lowest completion percentages in the league. You bring Dable in, and you understand that they're going to want to try to do the same thing with Daniel Jones. Now, to keep this on Flores' lawsuit, though, um, I, I think you and I are of the thought process best person for the job point blank period in the nfl it's two things it's trying to win a super bowl and it's trying to make as much money as possible but for me like sports is the ultimate meritocracy in terms of it doesn't matter your background um you know your race creed religion ethnicity what have you it's it's who the it should be the best man for the job and again i go back to you're not always going to have something that is reflective of, okay, yes, 70% of the players are Black, but they need to have the equality of opportunity to do so. And, and when time and time and time again this comes up, you know, I'll say this too, and the Steelers are a great example of this. If teams are being racist, if they're, if they're being discriminatory, and there's a collection of minority coaches that are being overlooked, you might potentially get a great coach. And I look no further than what the Pittsburgh Steelers have done with head coach Mike Tomlin. 15 right. years in, no losing seasons. Years. So if this is years. If this is the case, Dyke, right. it's like you could potentially bring in someone who would thrive for one of these organizations and do a tremendous job and be the next great head coach, the next great owner, the next great general manager, the next great coordinator, yep. if this is in fact happening.
0: No, it's <laughs> I mean, 15 years, no losing season. And then when you look at, I mean, he he come on he come under Coach Tomlin come under the Tony Dungeon tree. Jim Caldwell, you know, the ton, the Tony Dungeon tree. Like it's it's like, leave man. Like, give us a chance. Uh Raheem Morris, we're gonna see. Um, who was Brown Leftwish? He 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 got a head coaching job with with Jacksonville, Eric B. Hittemann. We were talking about Eric B Hittemann for the past three years.
1: Yeah, whenever we talk about the head coach and Carousel, like his name always comes up. Always, Eric me always come up, and, and
0: Andy Reid said he make the he called the plays. What else, what else you want the man to say? <laughs> like that's my play caller. Yeah. Like, yeah. like every every night, Andy Coach Andy Reid, like every and Then I might put my two cents in, but he's the play caller. Like this is this is his stage. This is what he do. <laughs> it's like man, I, he done been to two Super Bowls in three years, one one. You know what I'm saying? What like he was in the AFC Championship and wind up losing. But God, Lee, like what you what you want Eric enemy to do? What else can he do? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? like. <laughs> I, Lee, then when you ask the players about Coach Eric B M., they 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 would love to see Coach Eric enemy <laughs> get a head coaching job, but they would hate to see him leave. I mean, God, what, what don't you want the players and people to say? Yeah. You know, Coach, we would love for you to create your own legacy. But damn, just selfishly speaking, we really don't want you to leave. We love your view. This is coming from players. <laughs> Man, this is bananas. But I get it, though.
1: Ike, we're going to take a quick break here on the Believe in Steelers podcast, and we're going to tell our viewers and listeners about NordVPN, so Internet security on the forefront of everyone's mind. Everyone has their different devices. And so to make sure that you're staying safe online, You can use NordVPN to, you know, eliminate a lot of the threats of people stealing your data and information.
0: Man, listen here. We ain't slacking or not hacking because we're with NordVPN. guarantee.
1: (laughs) NordVPN is the world's best VPN service offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. So, Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com believe. That's our code B-L-E-A-V to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan, plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, Ike, NordVPN, excited to have them on as a presenting sponsor yes, of the Believe in Stealers yes, podcast.
0: Yeah. We ain't on no not hacking, baby. No,
1: com. Ike, we've got four Steelers headed to the Pro Bowl. That's this weekend ahead of the Super Bowl. Right. I'm glad they do the Pro Bowl in advance of the Super Bowl now. And it's going to be in Las Vegas, too. So I'm excited to see, you know, which players are hurting a little bit because they're celebrating all the festivities of being in the city of sin. T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, and then Najee Harris and receiver Deontay Johnson are both going to the Pro Bowl because Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase are playing in the Super Bowl for the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm excited to see the last hurrah of the 2021 season in the Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend in Las Vegas.
0: Man, give me a four-piece spicy when it comes down to the Pro Bowl for the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> you know, got my four-piece spicy going to Vegas. City, man, stay out there because, you know what, fellas, bro, I don't have a good time but keep the drinks to a minimum <laughs> and stay out in the casino as much as possible. But, but definitely have a good time. But I'm just proud, you know, that Deontay, you know, really got in. Uh, I mean, what you got to say about a Ricky yep. Najee. Like the Ricky Najee wind up, you know, putting his toes in the water, putting that on his resume as a pro Bowler. I mean, TJ, T, TJ, um, defensive player of the year in my mind. And then when you look at Cam, like this is it, what <laughs> – That's what he do. He just missed the consistent. He missed the man. As soon as I leave, I'm about to hit the Hall of Fame and Cam Haywood. So just proud for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, to represent in a Pro Bowl. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, we got two and up just off of where the Cincinnati Bengals is. But right now, we're going to wrap the Cincinnati Bengals to win the Super Bowl. But at the same time, man, for Deontay, Najee, Cam, and TJ man, congratulations on going to the Pro Bowl. Make sure you all be careful in Sin City because it's a lot of sending out.
1: Ike, it sounds like you have a little bit of experience in Las Vegas. (laughs) That means a little (laughs) for anyone who doesn't speak Spanish. I'll go full gringo, Ike. We're going to find out next week uh, about the NFL Awards. So I'd imagine we're Mm -hmm. going to be talking about TJ Watt winning NFL Defensive Player of the Year. That's going to be announced on February the 10th. So I'd be shocked if he were not the NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Obviously, Cam Hayward also extremely important to that Steelers defense. But I was happy Johnson got in, too. And then the other AFC receivers who got in were extremely deserving. And it was like, man, you've got to leave someone out. But because Jamar Chase is going to be playing for a Lombardi trophy, that opens up the void. Johnson did a great job, and I predicted it. My prediction came true. Like I said at the start of the year, I thought Deontay Johnson would be a Pro Bowl player he fixed his issue for the most no, yeah. part dropping the football keep using those tennis balls Deontay, takes it seemed to be working with for you in terms of how he trains to focus on making sure he watches the ball all the way in he right. was much more sure-handed than he had been in the 2020 season so i'm glad to see the nfl recognize him because he had a great season for the steelers
0: no, he's the wild factor on that offense. Other than
1: Najee, he's definitely the wild. Like,
0: when he's not in the game, you can definitely tell. We saw that in the Buffalo game when they lost the playoffs last year. Like, when Deontay dropped a few passes and they took him out of the game, that pop just came out of the offense. So, when he got back on the field, that pop came back on the offense. He's just been like that for the whole season. He's been that pop for the whole season. Now, what Deontay have to do, he got to finish strong. Because later on in the season, he started he start relapsing and going back to the drop So. If he can just be Mr. Consistent the last four games as he was throughout the whole se- throughout the whole season, he'll be perfectly fine. But from last year to this year, you know, them tennis balls definitely helped him out. And it's a reason why the man going to the Pro Bowl. So congrats to Deontay Johnson. Ike,
1: right, the Steelers have plenty of vacancies. We're going to be talking about the quarterback battle, GM, defensive coordinator, and offensive line coach. So we're not talking quite yet rookie QBs. That's our next segment. But I thought it was interesting. There's some odds out there that have the Steelers as the favorite to acquire Jimmy Garoppolo for Game One of the 2022 season. Steelers are the favorite, not a heavy favorite, but the favorite for Jimmy G to start in Week One of the 2022 season. Want to get your thoughts about that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, for free agency, it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt. You know, of course, he won opportunity, a chance to stay afloat in the AFC North, that's where you got to go. That's just my personal opinion, man. You got to go with, you know, you got to shoot high, so you got to go with the Aaron Rodgers. You got to go with the Russell Wilson. If you don't get one of them two, man, you got to go with Jimmy Garoppolo and see what Kurt Cousins is talking about. That's 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 just what it is. And, you know, Kurt, between Kurt and Jimmy, the mobility, um, I think they got it. I don't think they like to use it in, in my mind. I don't know why, but that's that's just how it is. But for Coach, to want to go as long as he went by having, you know, somewhat of a winning season for, for, for 15 years, man, you got to get your mobile quarterback. And he said that on his press conference after the season, he understood and he saw it and he sees like, man, I got to give me somebody, you know, who can move a little bit, you know, so we will so we won't be sitting back there so our playbook can open a little bit. So in the first, you know, couple of quarters of the NFL season, man, we're able to tweak our our playbook because our quarterback is mobile. So Co- Coach T, he knows, he understands. I, I, there's been reports, and there's him and Kevin Colbert. They're heavily at the senior bowl right now in Mobile. They went to the Shrine Bowl. So they're doing a lot of recruiting, and they spend a lot of time with families and moms and daddies and, and checking up on these college reports to see, man, what, what quarterback best fits us. So, you know, they're serious about this quarterback thing. So in my mind, I'm not even going to be naive. If the quarterback is there that they like, they're going for the quarterback in the first round. And his opportunity is going to be right there as soon as he steps into the facility.
1: And that's okay. just what I
0: personal opinion.
1: Save, save some of this thunder, right, because we're going to get to this in a second. This is the part of the program. We've talked a lot about the GM mm-hmm. vacancy, Omar Khan, Brandon Hunt, pos- internal candidates. Correct. We talked about the search for the new defense coordinator with the retirement of Keith Butler. See, they right. also have a vacancy on the offensive line coach this is turn on the video machine, right? Let's bring right. back Mike Munchak. He's on the market. He's not going to be the offensive line coach for the Denver Broncos. His daughter lived in Denver, which is why he left Pittsburgh in the first place. But the Broncos now have a new head coach with the departure of Vic Fangio. And I, I looked at the rushing totals year in and year out. Munchak never finished below 100 yards rushing when he was the offensive line coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers with the exception of the 2018 season, which was the year Le'Veon Bell sat out the season because of the contract dispute, but over a hundred yards in each of his three seasons with the Denver Broncos. I know it's only one indication of how effective is your offensive line, but I, you know, I'm not always happy with the Steelers offensive line and there's a lot of youth on the offensive line, but I found this to be pretty interesting since 2019, the Steelers right. are due to hire their fifth different offensive line coach since 2019. You need to have some continuity. You need to have a personality. You need to have someone who can come in and teach these young guys what they need to do to gel effectively. And I think Mike Munchak could do that for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's out on the open market. You need an offensive line coach. Bring Mike Munchak back to Pittsburgh. You need to have a day.
0: Yo, yo, your your team is only good as your offensive line coach, man. That's just that's just what it is. From the Russ Grims Hall of Fame to the Munchacks, when I was there, like when we was balling and when we had a run game and when we have personality and attitude on the offensive line, it was because of our offensive line coach, and that's that's exactly what it is. I think we talked about this early in the season even though Cincinnati have a depleted offensive line, but they wind up kind of turning the tides. When we talked about Cincinnati early in the season, man, the first thing that we were talking about was the offensive line coach and how much of a dog he is and his personality. He always get, he wants his guys to get after whoever 24-7, regardless of where the situation is. Same and, and Ike,
1: you're talking about Frank Pollock of the Cincinnati Bengals, their offensive yes. line coach.
0: Yes, Coach Frank, they you, if you just ask any one of the guys, if Zach Taylor if Zach Taylor's if Zach Taylor's not the head coach, Coach Frank should be the head coach. That's just how they feel. But that's his personality. That's 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 what you want. Like when you have an assistant coach, your assistant coach should be the offensive line coach in my mind, because that's all I know from Pittsburgh. The Russ Grimm, the Mike Munchex, all them coaches, man. There <laughs> was a the personality not only for the team. Before the offensive line, that's exactly what they wanted to do. They had a lot of input with the OC on running the ball. Hey man, this this is this is this is our personality. This is what we need to establish, and that's what Pittsburgh got away from. Even though Najee is going to the going to the Pro Bowl, he did a lot of good things out the backfield and him running the ball. I agree, but I think his career could get better if he had Coach Mike Munchak. Is Coach, Coach Munchak helps everybody? He helps the wide receivers. Not only helps the offensive line, but he helps the running back. There's there's not a there's not to say so well coach Munchek is not helping if, if he goes there, Lord knows I hope he does come back to Pittsburgh because I feel like they really need him because you're right. What you said earlier, Mark, it's a young offensive line. And why not have a veteran guy like Coach Munchek, who knows exactly what he's talking about? Go on, come home, Coach Munchek, your daughter's straight, she's fine, you did everything you need to do. Come <laughs> back forward.
1: And the Steelers haven't averaged more than 100 yards rushing since he left town. So that goes back to 2019, 2020, and the 2021 season, Ike. A lot of youth on the offensive line, but if you're getting mixed messages from the person who's in charge of you, I I, I did not know that until I researched for this segment, Ike. I think it would make a lot of sense to see him return to the Pittsburgh Steelers organization.
0: No, 100%. I I think Coach Munchak, you know, I mean, we already talked about Coach Vic Fangio on the defense side. But Coach Munchak on the
1: offense side definitely helps. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by Masterworks. And Ike, you got to get in the investment game. The diversification of your portfolios is really important. There's stocks, there's crypto, now even art. And you can invest. With Masterworks, it's an investing platform that lets you buy shares, representing an investment in art forms, like from icons from Picasso and Monet. Possibilities are really endless, but excited to have Masterworks on as a presenting sponsor of the Believe It Steelers podcast.
0: Whenever you try to build your resume
1: portfolio, as far as in investing, make sure y'all go to Masterworks absolutely i can you can get priority access with our game day promo so here's how you do that you go to masterworks.art believe that's masterworks.art believe b-l-e-a-v see important disclosures at masterworks.io disclaimer ike we're going to your favorite segment of today's show you did some scouting for us and we're going to be doing quite a bit of this Leading up to April's NFL draft, still finishing up with the Super Bowl, but your top five rookie quarterbacks that the Steelers should consider drafting. Pittsburgh's got their twentieth overall pick in the twenty twenty-two draft. Again, that'll be in April. Just to let our viewers and listeners know right now, too, the East West Shrine Bowl's happening tonight. We're recording this on Thursday. By the time it'll be out on Friday, we'll already Know what happened? It'll be done and over with. But Ike, I want to go through your list of your top five rookie QBs. Let's start at the very top. Who you have at the number one quarterback that the Steelers should consider bringing in?
0: I know you. I know you're gonna say man, I'm biased, but you already know what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. The guy played for the Pittsburgh Panthers, the the blue and yellow. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, the four one two that I used to well And I'm thinking about Kenny Pickett. You know, I'm looking at Kenny Pickett. He shares the facility with Pittsburgh. You know, I'm sure I'm sure Pittsburgh has been looking at him for two years now. And the reason why they because they've been thinking about Ben and not knowing what Ben wanted to do in the offseason. So I'm gonna rock with Kenny Pickett, man. Kenny Pickett, when you wanna when you wanna draft a quarterback, Mark, you wanna draft a quarterback who's who understands your region. What I mean by your region, like when you draft the big bid and he came out of Miami, Ohio, what it's like in the wintertime it's cold. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at a Kenny Pickett and he's sitting in Pittsburgh, what it's like in the wintertime. It's cold. Is his strong arm? Is his strong? Is his arm strong enough? Yes. Can he make at, accurate throws? Yes. Is he decisive on his decision making? Yes. So and he he'll understand what it is to be a, a Pittsburgh a Pittsburgh kid a Pittsburgh a Yenzer. So say a four one two slash seven two four. That's the area codes I'm talking about in Pittsburgh. So yes, that's that's my first one. My first one is Kenny Pickett. Um, you can say I'm biased, but I'm not. I think I'll watch another tape to understand how the Pittsburgh still works. Hopefully he'll beat up, but I'm not sure he will.
1: You're in my brain, Ike, and that was exactly what I was <laughs> going to say because with the 20th overall pick, if he is the number one quarterback on Mel Kuyper Jr.'s big board, my right. concern is he won't be there at number 20, so maybe Pittsburgh would consider trading up to draft pick it, but how far he could fall is really the biggest question that I have. No doubt about his production at Pittsburgh this last season, a Heisman finalist, 42 touchdowns, only intercepted seven times 4,300 yards through the air too. So, I mean, he really put Pittsburgh on the map in the ACC this past season. So I'm with you there. And the Pittsburgh connection makes complete sense to me. My concern is that several other teams also need quarterbacks. So that's the case for Pickett. I'm with you there. Who's number two on your board, Ike?
0: Uh, Matt Flora from Ole Miss, and you know okay. I don't know. Well, I don't know if you know, but now you're about to know. I'm a huge Lane Kiffin fan, huge. Yes, yes. I, I just love his goodness when it comes to recruiting. When it comes to him, I don't give a what. When it comes to him on TV and the way he lets his quarterbacks rock. So I just I think- tossed
1: my play sheet in honor of Lane Kiffin. Like if you didn't notice.
0: Yes, like that's that's what I think Lane Kiffin is. Mark Lane Kiffin for me is a quarterback guru. You know what I'm saying? He's the he's the quarterback whisperer. He's one of those guys where he gives his quarterbacks, you know, confidence. But for me, Matt Floyd, he's I think he's a little bit more athletic. Yeah. Than Kenny, you know what I'm saying? Before, but what I do like about his athleticism, he would rather pass instead of run. So whenever he mm-hmm. makes line up to to, to run the ball, you got action. He kind of reminds me, um, I'm not talking body wise, I'm just talking like a like a Patrick Mahomes mentality. Like Patrick Mahomes, he he runs to throw the ball. He don't really yeah. run to If it's wide open, he'll scramble. You know what I'm saying? But just looking at Matt Coral, man, I, I like Matt Corral a lot. So he got it. And what I like about it, it's more touch than anything. You know, a lot of quarterbacks coming out of college, they just throw all routes hard, whether they throw the swing pass to the running back, whether it's a three-yard route and it's a slant, they just sling the ball. You know, Matt Corral isn't like that. And Matt Corral puts, puts a lot of touch on it, which I like. He just so happens to be athletic, Mark.
1: I'm with you there. I want to see Corral fill out a little bit. I think he's a little bit thin, and I think mm-hmm. that will happen as he gets a little bit older. You mentioned Lane Kiffin's propensity for offense, you know, not just as the head coach at Ole Miss when he was the head coach at FAU in establishing that program. And then when he was the offensive coordinator of Alabama as well, Lane Kiffin, I think he was kind of the victim of his own success because he was the head coach of the Raiders back in the day at like the age of 32. There were veteran players on the roster older than he was, right? I lived in Knoxville, Tennessee for two years of my life, Ike, to start my career. And Lane Kiffin only coached at the University of Tennessee for one season in 2009. And then he left to take the USC job to fill the void, left by Pete Carroll. And I, even though he was only in Knoxville for one season, in the time I lived there, which was not quite a decade later, several years later, there were still stories about Lane and that were almost like mythical that you would not believe of just what he was like and you know what he brings to the table as a head coach so talk about swag man next level with lane i love great follow on twitter by the way as well
0: oh 100 you know Lane, lane lane recruit early you know lane recruit my little young boy from temple blaze blaze is one of the the youngest fastest uh 12 year olds in the world and him and his dad i know so Lane's been recruiting him for, for at least three years now, so it's kind of cool to see that.
1: Ike, who's number three on your quarterback board?
0: Uh, number three for me was uh, Carson Strong from Nevada. You know, okay. for for me, Carson Strong probably have the uh, strongest arm out the two I just named. So you know, but the only thing that's going to hinder him, I think he had a knee. I think he had a knee injury. Um, a couple of years ago, that's, so that's going to put a red flag or a question mark. But, man, you want to talk about accuracy? You, I'm talking about Tom Brady accuracy. So, now it's cool to have a strong arm, but, dang, now I can throw to all my receivers in stride? That's Carson Strong. Or I can just sit in the pocket and slay that thing 65 yards if you really want me to? That's Carson Strong. And I think, he, I think he's very underrated. Now, they're not going to talk about his athleticism, Mark, but he he's very underrated when it comes to his athleticism. So just just watching a few things from Nevada, uh, they're probably talk about Nevada talent and who they play. But when it come back to when it come down to a quarterback who probably have the strongest arm, probably out the top ten quarterbacks who gonna come out. I would say Carson Strong does for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean Josh Allen didn't at Wyoming either. I can I know Correct. Strong has met with Steelers brass too. The Steelers are really doing their homework in the scouting evaluation process, and they need to, I considering the talent at the quarterback position in the AFC. Let's go to number four, Ike. Who do you have number four on your board for um, Sam, quarterbacks? Sam
0: Power from, from North Carolina. Let's not forget Kevin Colbert was in North Carolina earlier this yes, year. Sir. You know what I'm saying? So that that kind of uh, hit the light bulb switch in my head when it came down to it. So Kevin Colbert, and even though this is Kevin Colbert's final year, as as, as be, I'm sorry, final draft as being the GM for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the fact that he was in North Carolina looking at Sam Howell said a lot of said a lot to me. Like, okay, he's definitely on the radar. So when you look at when I looked at Sam, I looked at a lot of the games because my mom is in North Carolina. Mark, you would be mm-hmm. moving us too. Yes, sir. I mean, well, when I, when I looked at him, I was like, okay, for me, he was just too in, <clears throat> he was just too inconsistent. The talent is there; it was just the inconsistency. And don't forget, he had two running backs. Who, You're
1: in my brain, Ike. Come on now. Who handled
0: Who handled, who handled the ball well? Two thousand yard rushes. I want to say, coming from North Carolina, his. You know, I'm shooting blanks because his two receivers. I know one of his receivers was a dog. His other his other receiver was a dog as well. So he could have had two thousand, two two thousand two thousand yard running backs and two thousand yard receivers. So. <clears throat> He, he was cooking with gas when it came down to talent for North Carolina. So it, it was just a decision making. What I saw I was like, man, why did you throw that pass? That's the only thing I saw coming from Sam Howell. Um, but it was just too much inconsistency in that, in that part. As far as like athleticism and having everything you're looking for as a quarterback, Sam got everything you're looking for as a quarterback. For me, from what I saw watching his games, it was just a man, how did you make the Jimmy Garoppolo's? Them I'm kind of
1: yeah, yeah. Ike, you say cooking with gas, and cooking with gas, everyone eats. The two running backs you mentioned who are now in the NFL, Michael Carter, the Jets running back, and then Javante Williams coming off a nice rookie season right. for the Denver Broncos. And so those two players were not there collegiately in the 2021 season. Right. And so Howell and North Carolina struggle a little bit, but, but remember the season before. You had two absolute dogs in the backfield right. for the Tar Heels. We got to round out number five, Ike. Your top five uh, to round out your list. Uh,
0: Malik Malik uh, Malik Willis from Liberty. Um, we talked about this earlier off camera, Mark, on Kevin Colbert and Coach Tomlin. You know, spending a lot of time at at, at the bowl game for for. For uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, just talking to not only him but his mom and his dad, mm-hmm. and if you, and if you read what they said, they, they was talking about you know thirty five to forty five minutes with with the three, you know. So when when I saw that, I said you know what man, let me go on and just do some research on on Malik, and the research on Malik was Lamar Jackson's brother, with a better arm, <laughs> with a lava arm. He's just not as talented as Lamar when it comes down to running the ball. But the fact that I put him in a category as Lamar Jackson, that shows you everything about his athleticism. The fact that when you watch tape and he's standing on the opposite, the opposite hash and he throws it, he throws it on the opposite number, said a lot about his own. Because now my playbook is wide open. If you look at a lot of quarterbacks in the league, man, they can't throw it from numbers to the other hash. So that's why the playbook closes. But the fact that, you know, Malik can throw from the opposite number to the opposite hash says a lot. The fact that he can put touch and understand and he can read his own for man coverage says a lot. The fact that, man, if you want to blitz him, he can scramble, he can make up yards and he can he can get yards like a, a Lamar Jackson says a lot. Now it's just on the Pittsburgh Steelers if they want to do their research and draft the young man. Now it's on the Pittsburgh Steelers to be like, you know what, AFC North? We got a guy who can pass just as well as Lamar Jackson. Maybe he's not as athletic as Lamar, but here we go. We got action. So I'm thinking in my mind, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell you first. If the Pittsburgh Steelers will draft their quarterback, it would be Malik All Day. Wow. My personal opinion, I'm going to go ahead and let you know right now. Wow.
1: Ike, to recap your top five, can you pick it? From Pittsburgh, Matt Corral, bull uh, Miss, Carson Strong of Nevada, Sam Howell of North Carolina, and Malik Willis from yes, Liberty. I'm excited to talk about all of this again in a few weeks. Once the underwear Olympics of the NFL Combine gets underway, and we go position group by position group. Yeah, that was who the top one. guys. <laughs> you like that, Ike? Yes, sir. <laughs> okay, we've got some Super Bowl 56 <laughs> prop bets to get to. Super Bowl 56, still a little bit more than a week away, February the 13th. Average price on the secondary market for Super Bowl tickets, Ike, $11,000. So, you know, chop off your arm and a leg and you can go see the big game. Now, uh, I have one prop bet that I promise hits. I 100% guarantee that this bet hits, Ike. And it is which head coach will be shown first during the National Anthem, Sean McVay or Zach Taylor? Here's my thought process. The game is at SoFi Stadium. This is the 56th Super Bowl, right? Last year was the first year when the game was in Tampa where a home team played at its home stadium for a Super Bowl. We now have that in back-to-back years because this game is going to be in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. Why that? I'm thinking as a producer now, too. Why would you show Zach Taylor, the underdog in this situation, first versus Sean McVay, who's been in the big game before? He's playing at his home stadium. Go on, place a wager. They will show Sean McVay first on the broadcast for the Super Bowl during the national anthem. I guarantee it. Easy money.
0: No, that's easy money, man. I'm gonna go out on. I'm going go on tell you right now. You, man, you might as well hit that. Uh, hit that betonline.ag. And going on bet, they will show Sean McVay first. Second time and two I means second time and 2 year like this never happened. Tampa just won it in Tampa at the home field in Tampa. So far, L. A. the Rams are in a Super Bowl in L. A. So far for the second straight year, man, this don't ever happen. What is going on? What in the world is going on? I, 11, 11 racks. So I got to put eleven racks on a ticket, bro. If I want two tickets, that's twenty-two racks, bro. Man, you know what I could do with 22 grand? How much money I could invest in and in, in, in stack that thing? Holy moly, but when you live it, when you live it in, to live and die in LA. But I tell you what, them taxes is a mother over there. But 11 stacks, 11 stacks per ticket, man, that's crazy. But I guarantee you, I bet you online.ag and you 100% right. They will show Coach Sean to first
1: the only way I see that that bet does not cash is the next prop bet is who, which quarterback would be shown first, whether it's Matthew Stafford and Joe burrow. I do think that they might show burrow as the young stud up and coming quarterback before Stafford and burrow is favored. The only way I could see Taylor showed Zach Taylor showed before Sean McVay is if Matthew Stafford is standing next to his head coach, which that would be my only caveat, Ike. But if they're not standing together, if they're showing, you know, a close-up shot, a close-up solo shot of one person, I'm still confident that it's going to be McVeigh over Taylor. I do think that they'll show Burrow before Stafford. So here's – if I'm producing this game, here's how I would do it. I would show – maybe the start with the quarterbacks. But because it's in SoFi, let's go to the sure. head coach who's been here before in, in – when they played the Patriots the thirteen to three game, very low scoring. Here's a right. new opportunity to redeem himself. I start with the shot of Sean McVay, then I go to Burrow, then I go to head coach Zach Taylor. Or or then I could go Stafford, then Taylor. It doesn't really matter. But that's if I'm producing this broadcast, that's how I would do it, Ike.
0: Yeah, you're acting like a producer, you're putting your producer head on, Mark. So Whatever you are rocking with, because you really thinking outside of the box. I said, I said, ha ha ha, when you said Aaron Rodgers to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm not saying ha 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 anymore to you. So you got your producer. What's so rocking with you?
1: Okay, I a lot of good halftime specials, and we're going to discuss more prop bets in the coming weeks of Super Bowl Fifty Six. Right. But several different artists set to perform. So you got Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar. The first headlining artist to be shown at halftime. I think it's going to be one of three. Again, this game's in L.A. The favorite is two or more artists shown simultaneously, which I think could be the case because a lot of these artists have collaborations and songs that they've produced and performed together. Snoop Dogg is the favorite. Dr. Dre is the third favorite. I would put my money with two or more artists, but if you want to bet on just one artist being shown, it's either going to be Snoop Dogg or Dr. Dre Given their ties to LA, I
0: mean that's for me. For me, it's it's Uncle Snoop. Like I did, like he's a huge, still a fan, but he's he's all the way California. He 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 is California. So I'm rocking with Uncle Snoop all day.
1: And one other thing too, Ike. And I'm looking this up right now. This game is going to be broadcast on NBC. Remember, Snoop Dogg has been on the NBC Sunday night broadcast all season long. Liggas. 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 If you're putting money down, I would either make one of two bets. Two or more artists simultaneously can get that at plus 175. Snoop Dogg alone would be plus plus 275. Those were the two. I, I'd make a, a wager between one of those two. I think Dr. Dre's a good bet given his ties to L.A., but they're going to go with at least one of the L.A.-based artists first, I, I, I guarantee you. Um, we're going to wrap up here, Ike. Have some fun. The Washington football team, RIP, July thirteenth, 2020 to February second, 2022. They are no longer. poor. one out. The Washington football team is now. The Washington Commanders wanted to wrap on that note.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, glad they finally came up with a name. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to get in my head how that's gonna look. You know, the Washington Commanders. But you know what? Let's go with it, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm gonna be open. We're gonna eyes.
1: zag Ike. We're gonna zag. When has there ever been a new team name or logo that's gotten universal praise? I <laughs> like the Zag Ike Taylor.
0: You're right. You're right. Let's 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 rock with it. I I, I want to see how they come over the jerseys in the semaphore. So yeah, let's 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 rock with the Washington commanders,
1: bro. I think the only uniform unveiling that was like super duper sharp was the new powder blue Los Angeles Chargers uniforms a few years ago. Those looked super fresh. But Ooh, other than oh. that other than that, every time that this happens people are just on their social media feeds and it's like, get outside, go walk around, go walk the dog, go do a lap, go live your life. I've never <laughs> seen, no, I've never seen an unveiling of a, either a new teen name or a logo that's like, yep, we're on board, universal praise, this is great. I think this is just yet another example of that. So I right. like the Zag Ike Taylor.
0: No, you're right, let's let's rock, let's rock with it. I, I definitely wanna see the unveiling, Mark.
1: Absolutely. Ike, you're the absolute best. I got to give a shout out to you, uh, to the folks at the Believe Podcast Network. Check out some of the other podcasts that we have on the network. They're fantastic. Our producers over at Brinks TV, led by John Brinks, Courtney Vargas, Herbert Diaz, and the team over there. Today's sponsors of the Believe in Steelers podcast, both Bet Online and NordVPN. Also, the audio portion. Thanks to Masterworks as well. And I want to thank the listeners and the viewers of the Believe It Stealers podcast. Thank you for tuning in and making us a part of your day.
0: Uh, Make sure y'all give us a five-piece, please, and that's five stars. Mark, a huge shout-out to you. Um, Brinks TV, a huge shout-out to Brinks TV. BetOnline.ag, man. Y'all been rocking with us since day one. NordVPN. Wayne Slack in on our hacking because we got Nora VPN taking care of anything when it comes down to the internet, right? And another shout out to Masterworks. Appreciate y'all Picasso, everything for us. I gotta give another shout out to the Believe It's Still the podcast. Gotta give a shout out for for everybody just tuning in. Make sure, man, y'all keep hitting that YouTube, man, y'all rocking with us. Make sure y'all go to Mark and Believe It's Stills Podcast. Mark Bergen, Believe Stills Podcast on that YouTube, man, that YouTube, we didn't got over a thousand subscribers we're trying to hit the 2k so once y'all going on to help us out we'll continue to entertain and keep trying to educate y'all on this believe in still podcast
1: because that's
0: just what we do so make sure y'all give us five stars please
1: for the goat ad reader ike taylor i'm mark bergen <laughs> thank you for listening and watching the believe in Steelers podcast we will see you next week until then take care and so long everybody Peace.